If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Duke Nukem. And when I'm not out slaying aliens and saving Earth's babes, I'm listening to Podcast Unlocked. Hail to the podcast, baby! Podcast Unlocked. Welcome, friends. It's another episode of Podcast Unlock, the world's number one Xbox podcast, episode 261. 261. We're, we're going to be at 300 before we know it. Better start making the plans. I'm going to have to. Yeah, what are we going to do for that? I don't know. It's got to be something good because we didn't do anything for 250. Huh. So Live at the Apollo Theater. Please. <laughs> out in New York? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love an excuse to go to New York. Any excuse I can get I to go. I feel like it would be fun if we did it at the PlayStation Theater. <laughs> just, Man, just for the appeal of that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> there is the well. Was, isn't it the what's the one right at LA Live? Because it used to be the Nokia Theater, but Microsoft is it the I Microsoft still call Theater? It, oh, there's no way, right? No, it's, seriously, I really? Still call you, it you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, right? no, no, no. But I still call it the Nokia Theater. But I also think, I didn't realize you guys pronounce that that way. What do you pronounce it as? Nokia. Nokia. Interesting. Nokia. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like Nissan. Polyphony. Polyphony. Yeah, I screwed that one up. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That's 40 episodes away, though, right? That's So what does that that's put us like? Time. That's kind of well, next year at yeah, this point. It, we've managed to stay pretty regular, mm-hmm. eating all of our fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, poop jokes. Hashtag poop jokes. <laughs> and so it's they've been falling around E3, which is actually awful. Oh, oh yeah. Because 200 huh. was... Oh, right, because 201 was yeah. at E3, and literally then at E3. 250 was, I think, actually our either... It wasn't that... No, it was the, the live show, wasn't it? After yes, I think the live sh- the live show at E three was, was two fifty. Yeah, which so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, E three's cool. Anything that's really like spectacle oriented, I think the fans really like, and I enjoy to produce. And or just yeah. something yeah. that isn't in this stuffy little room. Exactly. Yeah, that gets that's so true. hot and muggy. Yeah, like, really five s- minutes after recording. <laughs> so we'll have to come up with something. Maybe 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 we can get Phil to come. We can Ooh, get awesome. uh, cool. some of our other developer friends to come and hang out. I say we make it a spectacle, man. Like, you ever see what Rooster Teeth does with Let's Play Live? Oh, I would I've love seen to do Didn't they just that. stop that? Yeah. Like, 
like a well, I don't know. Week? I don't exactly. Is no, they've been one? doing. They've been doing. Well, yeah, they had one really recently, but they've been doing Let's Play Live for a while. We now. could maybe fill up the front row. You yeah, know, and, and if we just film it, if you if you shoot it, it'll look like a full theater. Don't worry, I'll like CG and a bunch of people <laughs> in post, yeah. Yeah. like well, we'll uh, like Guitar Hero Live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we have a lot of cardboard cutouts in the office. We'll That's just, true. We'll just fold them and put them in seats. Yeah, as long as you're okay with them being Robert Pattinson and, all, and what's his name, Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> yes, those are the only two that we have. It's Robert Pattinson. That's been the new thing around the IGN office is uh, people will somebody's just diligently working, like focused and oh, working. Yeah. And somebody quietly sneaks up and puts the cardboard cutout right behind them so that when they turn around, the hope is that they'll just freak oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It no, absolutely it, freaked me out. Yeah. yeah I, got, I, I got a scream out of Naomi and out of Brian because <laughs> I put it in the, in the green room, like right as you open the door oh, and in course. the dark. And yeah. it's like right there in your face. It's great. The one that it, it really wigs me out when it's uh, in the men's room stall. So yeah. it's just like peeking over. So someone, someone put it on the table in the men's room stall. And it's like as soon as you walk in, there's just a head up there looking at you. And you're like, it's a little creepy. Parkhurst tried to get me yesterday. <laughs> uh, I was walking out the door, and I went, I went out the stairs way, mm-hmm. uh, and he put it right through that door. But I was, <laughs> I was looking at my phone, so I kind of looked like it didn't get, like it, it. I stopped, and it, but it, it didn't cause a physical reaction. Right, so right. I think he was a little disappointed. These are the shenanigans that go on at IGN on a regular Can you basis. Get cardboard cutouts, like custom made. Oh, I'm sure you Because I think there's a character that I really want to get Max for his birthday, <laughs> which is in November, so it's still a little way away, but I've, I'm not going to say who it is, because I feel like someone out of spite would tweet him and spoil yeah. the surprise, but I really want to do it. It's like, I don't know how That's a really good idea. I thought you were going to just get like a cardboard cutout of Max. No. And then just like, I would love no. to get cardboard cutouts of all of our people here. you see when he put the Robert here? Pattinson in the Hawaiian shirt and put sunglasses on it? <laughs> it literally <laughs> looks like him. I, I spoke it looks to like it Max. multiple times. <laughs> it was like, Matt, oh, wait. Never That's mind. not a real person. Nope. <laughs> It was really good. <laughs> he sent a joke email saying that he was going on holidays and Robert Pattinson was his replacement. And Fran replied seriously and was like, did we approve this ad? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was a joke. Boy, he really, he set himself up there and nobody took advantage of, you know, they could have just been like, oh, well, I'm sure we won't even notice a difference. Yeah, no, nobody exactly nobody took him up on oh, that? Yeah, that's true. Leave it to Fran. Man. You just have Brian talking to himself on Up at Noon. It'd be great. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So uh, yeah, this, as you can tell, we're maybe a little bored here in the doldrums of summer as we start yeah. to. We're, 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 it's this is it, and then we're going to come out of it and go into the, the calm before the, the storm. Yeah. You know, we're going to complain at the end of the year about how oh, much yeah. stuff we have to play. Yeah. Whereas right now we're like, <laughs> I have <laughs> nothing. nothing. <laughs> I started Deus Ex. I really like it. So I, I downloaded it. I haven't I'm played it yet. Super early, but I I like a lot of what it's doing. Mm. I kind of been on the road a lot recently, so I haven't had a chance yet. But I'm really interested in it. After I read Vince's review, I'm like I never got around to playing Human Revolution because yeah. it came like right there at the end of the 360 generation, didn't it? Uh, 2011. Yeah. So oh, okay, so maybe not quite really. the end. I don't you just probably. I mean, there were probably a million other games that came out at the same time. I don't think it would age too well. Really? Yeah. Like I don't know if it would work now. Well, I kind of had that suspicion, I mean, but I mean, people say it's like. People say the game's really good, right? It's yeah. The boss fights are awful, yeah. mm-hmm. which is all well chronicled at this point. But the rest of the game's great. Yeah. yeah. So I have yeah, I have I have a huge amount of interest in a game like that. I'm very like just as a person, I'm very into sci-fi and kind of like I love RPGs well, and great storytelling. So it seems like it's right up my alley. I'll mm-hmm. tell you this then one th- one of the things I really like about my initial foray into Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is there is an option in the menu is watch 12 minute recap video of oh uh, what happened literally right. just catch it's a 12 you know it's not just like a three minute super top level like it you know it kind of 
takes you through the whole story in 12 minutes of the first game to just kind of get you caught up in what's going on. And That's I feel cool. like I feel like every sequel should do that. Yeah. Or if you, or if it doesn't, you can rely on IGN.com because I did it in five minutes. Deus Ex in five minutes, live on IGN.com. Also, I think Gears of War one will be up by the time they it'll oh, be, it's up by the time anybody sees this. Yeah, yeah actually, just watch it. Just I just published it and had screened it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah you did an it awesome job. Really, really long time to. But run. actually, that's really cool that you bring that up though, because like having produced the Deus Ex in five minutes like video and having not played the Deus Ex games like since the original one, yeah. I had really no idea what was going on. Right, and Wait, uh, you had to write that. No, I produced the oh, video, I was like, but you know that means like I pulled all the B roll and stuff, and I'm reading the script, and I'm like, what. Like, what do I even look for? Or, like, where does this even happen? Or what game does it even Because there's, like, four games. It's not just Human Revolution uh, that we talk about. Three. Well, now there's four. Yeah. Now there's four. Are you ta- I'm, I'm including, like, supposedly there's, like, a, a pretty bad mobile Deus Ex. Not uh, Deus Ex Go. Deus Ex Go is supposed to be really good, actually. I'm yeah. at the end of it now. Either. I'm not quite done. It, I like... So... If you watch the show, you've probably heard. I love the Go game. I think everybody loves the yeah. the two Hitman Go and Tumor and Lara Croft Go. It's Deus Ex Go is it does have the challenge, the puzzle challenge to it, but I don't know. There's I almost can't even quite put my finger on it. I just don't quite like it as much mm. as the other two. Maybe it's just a little bit of fatigue because mm. I've done yeah. you know done this format twice before already. But I don't quite like it as well. But it's still really good. It's mm. still. I don't play mobile games. Neither do I. I don't play Ever. them. I, I find pretty much all of them to be either obnoxious or just dumb, or I, they're not for me, but the Go games are still, they're the only ones that I play and enjoy. Yeah. Really, for the I most part. Fair. Well, I mean, there's mobile games that I like, but they're always ports, basically. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I played a fair bit of Minecraft on mobile. Yeah, I played uh, the Trials Frontier game, the Trials HD, the, the mobile version. It's actually pretty That's good. That's on mobile? It's and it <clears throat> controls better than you think it does. I, you know, I remember playing Trials when it was still on browser. Yeah. It was a browser based game that we would play Before, in, in classrooms. Like when teachers weren't looking, we would all just play Trials. It was great. God, trials is good. <laughs> Last mobile game I played was Game Dev Story, Tiny Wings. Maybe I don't play mobile games yeah. ever either. It was actually a game that was like Game Dev Simulator. That was pretty fun. <laughs> they're but all anyway. like very small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so de- yeah, Deus Ex is it's. Really solid so far. Definitely recommend giving it a shot. How far are you through Mankind Divided? Oh, just the first like mission and a half. Interesting. Yeah, like one of the things that I saw people talking a lot about on Twitter and on Reddit was the microtransactions, but I can't really seem to get a bead on whether or not this is blown out of proportion and people are angry about nothing, or if the microtransactions are actually intrusive. I mean, it's a single-player game, didn't... so I mean, if there, are... I can't imagine there'd be anything that's. That's that bad, right? So that's the well. I mean, like I said, yeah. I haven't played it. Don't really know, and it's hard reading people's comments online to get a sense yeah. of whether or not their claims of it being like obtrusive are valid. But like, I need to talk to someone who's played the game before. I mean, people were furious about uh, Phantom Pain and Dead Space Three having microtransactions before they came out. Right. So it was like the idea, and then in practice, it was like, oh, you can oh, completely certainly. ignore these. Oh yeah, you don't matter really at all. You guys remember when, before Deus Ex got delayed, when they were when Square was going to do that super dumb thing where, if enough people pre-ordered it, they would make it like they would do an, a four-day early release. You guys remember I don't that? I think I remember. Oh, they, oh they've they then they've successfully 
done their their mind tricks and made you guys forget. We did a whole rant about it on this show of how disgusting and awful it was. And to their credit, they just they were like, "Yep, that was that was dumb," and they got rid of it. But yeah, they were doing a thing where if you if enough people pre-ordered. They're gonna be like, okay, if you it comes out earlier, yeah, it'll be like three days earlier. That's ridiculous. But they, yeah, that's they wised weird. up, and then the game got delayed. Anyway. So, can we talk about pre-order culture just in general? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, like, People pre-orders are stop pre-ordering things. It's a red just button, stop hot button issue stuff. right now. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I do it. Here's the thing. So, I back, do it for statues. Back in the di- <laughs> back in the day, because uh, I'm old, it, it actually was important. To pre-order, I'll give you a good example. The, the I know what you're going to say, yeah. So uh, I was crazy excited for Street Fighter 2 to come to the Super NES. It was, I was huge into Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat back then, as everybody was. And <clears> when, they, when, they came, when those games came home to the consoles, it was a big deal. And I had to pre-order uh, the cartridge at Babbage's or whatever it was because... If you didn't, like, they would only get maybe six, yeah, seven, you eight, might not nine, get a copy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just might not get it. Now, in the digital age, that's totally... It, and that's... There are unlimited copies, and pre-ordering, it, it doesn't... There's not a lot of benefit to it. In fact, for, there's for, almost... For the, for the gamer. There's almost no benefit to it, unless you're buying it for, like, a statue or something like that. the only like time that. I do it is yeah. when Which, it's, like, a limited collector's edition limited. that I want Exactly, totally. From. And sometimes it's, like, a, yeah, a limited edition or a collector's edition type thing, yeah. where there's those are still probably, oh, potent, like, limited. The, the Destiny Ghosts? Yeah. I still want one of those. Me too. <laughs> and I'm a big Destiny fan. I I'm didn't not get even it. a big Destiny fan, and I want one of those. Yeah. Uh, the last game I pre-ordered was... It's, uh, Peter Dinklage, which is like, now that's like a collector's item. Is it yeah. still yeah, Peter Dinklage? It, well, the, awesome. the ghost was. Yeah, yeah but is, because, it, is it still? No, no that's like Nolan North. Because he was... Oh, it's Nolan North Remember they recast... Yeah, they recast the whole... The, all, they he was what, really bad. They, they <clears throat> retconned Peter Dinklage it, it out was, of the game. It was seriously really bad, which is crazy because he's a great actor. He just sounded so bored. Uh, well, here's the thing. is like <sighs> That I, wizard came from the moon. Yeah. That's my favorite that line. <laughs> I, I, P, obviously, Peter Dinklage is a fantastic actor. There must have been something more going on behind the scenes there. Just like, you know, either he wasn't given a lot of direction or right. no context for the lines he was saying. I can imagine or him. Or they told him to be lifeless because he was meant to be a robot. That's possible. I feel like that could be. It, bad direction. But the thing is, like, too. maybe, but potentially, like, if you listen to the dialogue, like, he's supposed to kind of be. The dialogue is written for a charming person, for a charming robot. So it's like, if they gave him the direction, be lifeless and like terrible it's not written that way you know so i mean i give i'm trying to give peter dinklage the benefit of the well he's earned that yeah for sure for sure yeah but yeah the last game i pre-ordered was halo 3 and i got the helmet Mm -hmm. and stuff and like and there's we had a million of them just laying around and i like well i bought it thinking i'm gonna put that thing on my head it's gonna be awesome it's just a slot right it's too small (laughs) you cannot purposely size so that you cannot put it on your yeah yeah and so i that's the last time i ever made that mistake and i haven't pre-ordered games since and now it's not even really necessary because we live in the digital age and there are no limited editions or limited copies of digital games yeah absolutely and like it's getting to the point for me with uh collector's editions that it's actually smarter to just wait six months and buy the statue by itself independently Which on is, Amazon yeah. or eBay. So here's the other question, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't have an answer for this, so I want to pose it to you two, is why do you think people, why do, why do gamers pre-order games in such high quantities now? Pre-order culture is definitely a thing, but there appears to be no real incentive for it. I think so. Why? So my answer to your question is because marketing tells them to. Huh. Like marketing is a powerful. So we force. really are just all sheep. I mean, there, there's a reason. Absolutely that, yes. I mean, not to get too <laughs> real, but like, there's a reason that money buys elections. 
money buys yeah. ads, which in, you know that's it's mar- I think it's, it's just marketing, and mm. that's what the you know the, otherwise companies wouldn't wouldn't do it. They wouldn't market if it didn't is it, work. Is it so strong though as to override the notion that like okay, you can pre-order this game, or you can just get it when it comes out because well, it's going to come out. I guess the the point is why not pre-order so it's like it's not like it has to override anything it's like True. there's technically to then there's no downside to pre-ordering it's like they partly own something and people are talking about the game and they're like oh yeah i've already put 20 dollars down on that <clears> so it's like partly excitement and i know when i was in school i would pre-order like after e3 i would write a list and i would pre-order yeah. everything and i would pay it off bit by bit so it was effectively like i had like a lay-by like i could pay it off really gradually because i wasn't earning much money because i was in school right so that worked really well but now it's just pre-ordering things is like encouraging people to release broken games kind of and you're you're lit- from a financial perspective i know it's you know it's not much but you are literally giving the store an interest free loan yeah that's hmm. also true you if you put that money in a in a in a ira or a 401k or something or a high high interest bank account You'd be making a few pennies That's on true. that. That's true. If you keep that money in your own bank account. You're giving them yeah. free money that they then... Remember, make because, interest off of. Well, and then, but they take everybody's pre-order mm-hmm. and they make interest off that and they make lots of money off that. This is why GameStop is still in business. For now. Well, yeah. I think pre-owned games <clears throat> are the biggest thing for GameStop. Oh, of course. That's what they hang their hat <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Didn't you tweeted something this morning? Uh, yeah. It, it's So I checked that the sale is over now and, and people explained it to me on Twitter, but it just... On the surface, it looks awful. Yeah. So I, I, saw, I, I, I happened to. So yesterday, when I was preparing the show, mm-hmm. I always go. I go to Major Nelson's site to see what the digital games are, and then I'll go to GameStop's site to see if there are any big retail releases mm-hmm. this week to make sure if you know if I'm not remembering all of them. And uh, there really weren't any, but that they it was like oh Doom 1999. I'm like, and for some reason I clicked on it. Uh, and at the on GameStop's page at the top, it, there are three prices. There's the buy new price, there's the buy used price, and then there's the buy a download price. Huh? And the, did you buy it? It just had the game Doom. It's yeah. ju- it just ended, but it was on sale for twenty bucks. And the next used to that copy. was the pre-owned price of $53. Yeah, it's like, what? Oh. And next to that was the buy their download code ver- price of $59.99. And so I just, you know, uh, tweeted out my, my joking, you know, poking fun at How that. How ridiculous that was. And people explain to me, you know, it's publishers Publisher will sale. incentivize yeah. it so that the stores aren't actually losing money and the whole thing. But it's just, you know, when you just look at it, it if you're just on a web page, you, you click on that, it's like... What do you, you take me for a moron? Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't I get this one? <laughs> you know what? I'll have the used copy. I, I think there must be something wrong with the new copy if it's only twenty dollars. <laughs> Why would people buy psychology? download codes? Why? Why? I don't know. I well, that's to me that reeks of just brick and mortars desperation to like. Oh, well, kids want to want to download things. Let's condition them to buy their download things from us so we don't go away. That's so strange. I never even heard of that before. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just buy it? What a the- dubious thing to ask someone to do. <laughs> like, I just so much of gamer culture. I mean, just so much of culture in general is like so obscured to me. Like, I can't understand it. But that's definitely one of them. I also. I can't. I still can't wrap my head around. You were talking about why wouldn't people pre-order? I'll tell you why. Because so many of those games that people 
when they whine about the pre-orders end up being bad. Well, that's they don't a lot look of... at it that way, though, yeah. is the thing. So they don't see that as a component of it. I think most people who pre-order don't even consider that well, that's a possibility. And, and the other reason that the publishers love pre-orders is because if all you got to do is look at the comments of any review on any website. And <clears throat> people that, that uh, disagree, disagree with our low scores when, of course, the game hasn't even come out yet, mm-hmm. it's just the review embargo... Most of those people have pre-ordered. pre-ordered the game, and they they don't want to be told that they're wrong. Quote it actually wrong for pre-ordering. Yeah, so they continue to market the game. You're, yeah, they're doing the market exactly yeah. right. They're you're invested. you're really tapping into something that I think is like uh, a deep-rooted problem of fandom, especially modern fandom. I, I got into it with someone in the comments recently on an unlocked video. Maybe it wasn't an unlocked video. Maybe it was Fireteam Chat. I can't remember anymore. But they accused me of being a fanboy, and basically. I was trying to well, argue that, like, that? well, I you mean, are for about about something. Well, so fanboy has this negative connotation, like you're going to defend the thing you're a fan of, no matter okay, if it's okay, bad or good. Yeah, yeah right? I think and fanboy that's is, is like blind love. You will right. not accept. Yeah, else. or blind hate. Right. Yeah. So, like, you don't want to be that type of person. And on the internet, there's they're they, they're in droves. They exist in droves. Right. Like. I think the argument to be made is like those people who are and who they're the ones who are being taken advantage of the most because, like you said, they become the marketing arm of these people's pub- like these pre-order publishing giants, they're pawns right? in the marketing chess game. Yeah, because they know at least on some level, and it's a cynical thought to think that these companies know that those people will defend the game whether whether it's good or bad, and in the end, they're the ones who will end up paying for it out of their own pockets, right? And that's kind of a bummer. And I think like if people just take a step back. And realize, like, instead of being fanboys of brands or games or something like that, if you just are a fan of games, like, that'll give you a perspective that's a little bit more objective, and then you'll save money, and you'll actually have a better understanding of Do the whole landscape. you mean play games and not systems? Exactly. What? That's the thing. What are you talking about? My li- entire livelihood is attached to the name on the front of this plastic box. Yeah, like, someone, yeah, someone accused me of being an Xbox fanboy, and I was like, PlayStation games and Nintendo games are built into my DNA, but I'm more a fan of you get games. Get a doctor to look at that. By in the way, general, that could be cancer. No, I don't. If, I, I wanted to stay that way. I wanted to stay that way. I think uh, one thing I always find really weird is mm. if something has come out and I criticize it, people seem to assume that means I hate it. Exactly. I'm more likely to criticize something that I really <clears throat> Absolutely. like. I had to review Valley last week or two yeah. weeks ago, and I just didn't care. Like my, I gave it a five, which is mediocre. And right. it was so hard for me to criticize that game because I just didn't want to do the review because I didn't care about it either way. It's like, nothing in this is investing me. Whereas if it's a game that I love, I'm much more likely to look for something to criticize to see, like, this is how I would improve this thing that I already totally love. Well, You're look, absolutely look, right. Look no further than uh, we caught a <clears throat> lot of heat from the audience for our Halo 5 discussion. Mm-hmm. after, And, you know, we ripped that campaign a new one mm-hmm. because it deserved it. It was an awful, awful campaign. And people were, you know... You're not happy to hear that. Right, then, so they say, like, you're not a real Xbox right. fan, like, but it's actually that you love Halo. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. yeah. It's, I love Halo, so I'm going to, I'm going to sing its praises when it's awesome, which I, you know, I love 4, I love, you know, a lot of them, uh, most of them, in fact, except for 5's campaign. But yeah, when it's, if it's bad, you're going to, I'm going to be the the loudest yeah. One in the room saying, exactly. here's why this is terrible. What happened? Im- you don't improve something that you like by just saying it's good all the time? 
and that something help yeah why be a yes man <clears throat> then nothing ever that's yeah. exactly my point i said that in my i said that in the comments when i got into it with this guy like that's part of the thing that i think modern fandom obscures is like criticism is not the same thing as negativity correct like that's true. people perceive criticism as you're hating on something and that's not true at all like we criticize the things we love because we want them to be better because we love them and we exactly. want them to be yeah. awesome like i'm the biggest halo fanboy He's, say say you're yeah. The biggest one I love, I I, st- I wanted to stop short of saying fanboy because I just said I wasn't a fanboy <laughs> of fan. anything. I think yeah, fanboy I'm a huge supporter of Halo. I love Halo. I love the franchise. I've played it ever since the beginning, and I still play it all the time. But I will not defend a game blindly if it's not good because I'm a bigger fan of games than I am yeah. of Halo. And just the same way, like I love movies so much that I won't defend a bad Halo movie just because it's Halo, right? If I'm a fan of your thing, that doesn't mean you can't do, no, you can't do any wrong. Correct. And I yeah. think that's what criticism's role in the landscape of media is, is to be that voice that kind of gives the audience and consumers uh, a lens to look at something through a different perspective. And not necessarily one that's diametrically opposed to your own, but like if you understand that Sean Finnegan is a big Halo guy. When he's talking about Halo, you may want to keep that in the back of your head if you're not a big Halo person and just understand that that's our context. perspectives may not line up. Yeah. And that's okay if they don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating you or attacking yeah, you. That's also and, true. and I think a lot of people just they can't they either refuse to know the difference or just can't tell the difference that 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 hatred that's not criticism yeah. and criticism isn't Exactly. On it. It's yeah, become much more things. obscured totally. with like, again, just everyone has a platform to express an opinion. And sometimes those opinions are not valid opinions. And sometimes they are blind hate. And then it becomes a flame war. That's all over the Internet. So I can understand that it's, there's so much noise out there that it can be kind of tough to filter out at times. Those but that's what I try and reiterate all the time here. Yeah, I, I was on the uh, post shows <clears throat> for Xbox and playstation at e3 and one thing that i tried to do that people were kind of angry at me for is everyone else on those panels especially the playstation one was just super excited about the whole thing and i think part of the role of companies like ign is to be like okay this is presented to us as marketing what are some things that didn't look that good like i feel like that's part of it is to cut through the fact that they are just trying to sell you something right it's like you can totally be excited about games and there was stuff that i I was like they're dog and pony shows that's what the e3 press conferences are right you didn't like that presentation i didn't like the presentation then i love the game exactly so it's something that you look at as like even though i love this and i i want to love this thing it's something that you should look through or try to address in a way that you still can criticize it because it is marketing and it is trying to make money and it's like I don't think that we should look at conferences like that despite how exciting and extravagant they are and they're so awesome to watch uh, but I don't think that we should ever look at them as something that we just want to take positively you know how people like say this one won and this one yeah. won like I kind of don't like that culture it's like they presented these things everybody won during E3 week because pretty much <laughs> at least the answer is that and Sony's gamers fans. always win yeah. yeah yeah that's true I mean yeah I think I, I totally think you're right like it's one, it's dumb to kind of, you know, they're all awesome shows, right? And they're all awesome games that they're putting out there for the most part and, like, getting people excited. Like, why does one company have to have done it better than the other company? I don't really know. I, would I don't think to there's any, it like... As, like, this presentation was the best in this <clears throat> specific conference. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that Days Gone was a bad part of, or, or the lowest part of the uh, PlayStation conference just because it was just like a zombie shooter. That's what I thought mm-hmm. of that. Well, and of People course- were so mad at me for saying that. It was like I literally just thought it looked like a... I well, missed the PlayStation conference. And they both had different goals. Like, I mean, you know, if you looked at the Microsoft con- conference was very much about, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with 
back at E3, but the Microsoft conference was was very much focused on 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there, these, you know, stuff coming. So, out this so year. things might not have been necessarily as as new and sexy as they were at the PlayStation conference, but they were like, here's everything, here's all the cool stuff we're doing this year. Yeah. And they, whereas the PlayStation stuff was more a, was a little more forward looking. Yeah, the stuff we like, want to see. There's some new exciting things, but they're you're not going to get to see them for quite that a while. Kojima game though. Like when is that? Oh gonna... man, yeah. So that's the thing is that's five years away. But, <laughs> that's totally five years away. Uh, I, I don't know where. Like I'm... I'd rather not see games like that at a conference because I'm going to get fun, excited though. about them. I, I and do then I'm like wait for years. Yeah. It's, it makes E3 fun when you yeah, get but those surprises. five years away. Come on. Well, we don't well, know that. That's, that's but a, let's guess. That's definitely going to be okay, five years away. Right? But, but, but I like that excitement. I like that hype. Like that, I think is fun. I don't mind getting hyped. I just would like to be hyped about a game that's like available next year or maybe potentially two years away. So ninety. 8% of the games fall into the category. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're picking on an exception here. I mean, that's... Well, you have that one. But if you're not going to have... Kojima. I mean, there's one of those... Like, there's but one even, those even No Man's Sky, right? We saw that before it released. Didn't we see that three years ago? Wasn't that Correct. 2013 but, but, that we yeah, saw that's, that? Yeah, that's just game development. I mean, that's... That, yeah, that, you, oh, yeah, totally. But I mean, that's the thing. Is like, it's on Sony or whoever's doing the conference to yeah. not put a game out there that they know is not going to be finished for so well, long. Well, I... No, I don't think. Didn't so. Didn't we talk about this before on the show? Like, where like sometimes there's this diminishing returns thing. Where like if you yes. if you announce a game too early and What's then yeah, below too? we were talking about this with below. with below and uh, I mean Cuphead is a victim of that right now. Yeah, like yeah. there's immediate hype for the game because it looks cool, and then there's sustained hype for a period after that. But then after longer and longer of not seeing it and going radio yeah. silent in some cases, people start to yeah, lose you interest. You can show it and show it. Like the problem again, there is marketing teams, not. Mm sustaining the hype properly like well, they have their release date. i know nintendo does this where they really strictly have their release date like penciled in and then they have the marketing plan and that's why they just don't I, delay things so like this yeah, month we're doing this, thing. this I, month but it can't fall squarely on the shoulders of marketing right exactly. because like you can't just does. be like i'm gonna tell the audience well, about this game and it's your job to keep them interested for five but years but the, like legitimately, just, yeah that's the, what marketing is when the game gets delayed though it throws the marketing plan out the window yes. and makes it a lot harder like yes. i mean again you know, it's Cuphead's a great example where I'm very confident because I've seen that game at least half a dozen times at this point that that game is going to be something pretty special, I think. But it, we've seen it so often without it coming out or even getting a firm release date yeah. that the it is, people are now just like, we could, if it's at, if it were at PAX this weekend. Uh, where, which you'll be at, and Marty has already left for. And, and I will fact, also it be. It might at. be, because there's an ID at Xbox Showcase. Yeah. I actually don't know if Cuphead's there, <clears> but it probably is. But, you know. We might not talk about it again. You'll, if you were to cover it, there'd be plenty of people that'd be like, yeah, it looks, but, you know, there's, it's, it is that diminishing returns that you're talking That's about. Because it's just like, okay, yeah, we've seen this before. Can I just. Can I give you my money now? Yeah, and it's like the the marketing runs out. Yeah, like it's finite. Yeah, marketing dollars aside, people can only stay interested in something for so long before they lose interest, right? And I think like it it falls on the higher ups, the suits, to kind of time the marketing campaign with the interest level and the actual development of the game as best they can. Well, which again, I think Nintendo does an incredible. Yeah, I mean those. Marketing people make a lot more money than we do for a reason because there's a lot riding on. Like if you if you blow the marketing campaign somehow, either it's you know you shoot shoot the wad too early or yeah. or too or not or too late, you know it, it can it can drastically affect the fortunes yeah. of the game. I mean, 
in AAA development and blockbuster movies, like the budgets of marketing almost always exceed the production budget, right? Like you spend, they say, yeah. up to 50% more on marketing the movie or the game as opposed think, to making yeah, the game. I don't game. know if that quite applies to games yet. Maybe it definitely not, yeah. does to movies where there's a lot of <clears throat> mainstream advertising. And yeah, games. they're advertising on TV and like on billboards and on yeah. radio and stuff. Like they carpet bomb the whole country for marketing. Like a Suicide Squad's a great example, right? Yeah. Like this is a movie that suffered because they had to stick to the marketing timetable. You can't throw all of that stuff out of whack because if you do, that's hundreds of millions of dollars out the window. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer, but like, yeah, it falls to the higher-ups, the suits to kind of time it as best they can. Because, I, I don't know, it just sucks when you see... Like, to me, it sucks when you see a game like Days Gone By and you're like, whoa, that looks really cool. I'm not going to play that until I'm 35. I mean, look at you know a, a, an example of a probably, I would say, a really well-executed marketing plan in games is look last year at Fallout 4. I mean, it's yeah. not oh, every yeah. not every game coming can out this off, year yeah, can pull off great. the announced to release in, like, the four-month window, but... But they did. You know, and they, truth be told, we're like, we knew that right. game was everybody, coming. Everybody yeah. knew that game was coming. But from, and so the anticipation had built up, and then they announced it, and they showed it. And they had a couple, like a couple of trailers, and then they just did a big marketing campaign, and, that, and then boom, it was out. But, and they're still like, doing a very good job of releasing new content that's varied. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've they, got they a, it. we're reviewing a new good. DLC this week, the Nuka World. Nuka World. I really want to check that out. But... Um, yeah, they did a great job of that. I'm sure they'll do the same with the next Elder Scrolls game, whenever that is. But I hope they kind of wait a bit for that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Elder Scrolls, I've said this before, should it's still, to the best of my knowledge, it's still one team that mm-hmm. Todd Howard runs at uh, Bethesda, it, Bethesda Game Studios. And so it, it's probably going to be 20 holiday 2018. Yeah. It should, it's usually a three-year. It was a little longer with for, between... Skyrim and Fallout 4. Yeah. But there was also a console shift there, a yeah. generation shift. So, I mean, it's yeah, probably holiday 2018 is what where you where you place yeah, your bet. That seems fair. Did I tell you Todd Howard cut me off on a line at E3? <laughs> really? Did he yeah, big time? He big time to you, huh? It was at the Bethesda event and he just like the line was super long. It was to play Fallout in VR. I ended up leaving cuz the line was like 3 hours long. And uh, he just like walked straight in front of me and was like, "Sorry, I walk here." And I was like, "It's fine. It's totally, it's <laughs> yeah. totally fine." Well, <laughs> you are so well. I would, I would do that at an IGN event. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I'm not going like, to like wait in line at your own event. Really small, like sweet man, and he's just like, "I'm really sorry," and I was like, "Don't even apologize." Like, That's just so fucking, funny. Just roll through it. Like, it's totally cool. <laughs> at least he, at least he apologized for it and didn't just like. Yeah. You know. No, he was very like no, he's shy just, about. He's it. an awesome guy. Todd is a guy that. Uh, He's been tough to pin down because he doesn't like to co- come out to the West. He doesn't have to come out of the West Coast. He's out in the East Coast, and he doesn't get out here much. And uh, he's very high on my priority list for yeah. IGN Unfiltered. I really <laughs> he's got to be a really down. interesting dude to talk to. I I've, I used to talk to him a lot because uh, he spent like he basically spent his whole career. He has. He's been there from, for over twenty years. He pretty much yeah. made that company. Yeah, I mean. It's always a team effort, but yeah, of he course, is definitely yeah. a he's a central reason why they have risen to the heights that they are yeah. at now. Absolutely, and that's uh, yeah. We, uh, back when I was at OXM doing my OXM podcast back in the day, you know, nobody listened to it. He used to come on a fairly not fairly like you know maybe a couple times a year because there'd be whether Elder Scrolls DLC or the Elder mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Oblivion's release or mm-hmm. DLC and then Fallout 3 after there was kind of a nice win- rolling time where I got to chat with him a lot but 
Yeah, now he's a. Uh, his profile is so much higher. He's yeah. he's a lot harder to pin down. He's a rock star when it comes to games. But he's yeah. like you know Kojima level, I would say. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Like I mean, I don't think that I feel the same way about Todd Howard that I do about Kojima. You know, I only went to the IGN party at San Diego Comic Con because people said Kojima was going, so I was exhausted. I was just working. He was like, totally there. Did you I meet mean, him? He was there, but I was yeah. working crazy long days, and I really didn't want to go. I was super tired. And I was just drinking water. I don't think I saw you there. I was there for a very small amount of yeah. time because I literally went, saw Kojima. I just looked at him and yeah. then left. And you're like, I, I got like, it. All right. That's well, all I and needed. I'm done. You I was in the same room as him. In an absolute dead desert <laughs> news week where there's nothing to talk about. You, yeah, that's you, why we're talking about Yeah, you mentioned, right away, actually, you bring up an interesting question of like, who is Todd Howard one of the most <clears> important? <throat> like, if you were to take one person. Does he mean more to that dev team than – boy, I'm phrasing this really badly. Who are the people where if you took them Is off, he the MVP? If you remove them from their dev studio, it's just like a, – it's a – the sky is falling. It's yeah, a disaster. Yeah, so like the person who is the metal yeah. gear to Kojima and now you know, and, that, and that's, that's no disrespect, again, to the, to the no, very talented people that, that also work at Bethesda or other places. But, like, yeah, if you took Todd Howard – if Todd Howard said tomorrow – I'm leaving Bethesda. I'm I'm out, or I'm retired. He's been. I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. Bye. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, oh man, Elder Scrolls. What are we? Yeah. You, you, like f- gamers would be. I know I'd be hugely worried yeah. about their future. I mean, Kojima certainly. I mean, I have no expectations for Metal Gear. What the hell is it called? Survive. Survive. I was gonna say zombies, but <laughs> that's it's, okay. what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Metal Gear. Like uh, like I could not. Yeah, it's like whatever. Okay, the uh, Metal Gear without Kojima. Let's pop no, yeah, the you're popcorn, right. I think but, there's yeah. not a lot of people like that Who? in the industry. Like even Miyamoto has been more top level recently, yeah. and they've always they Nintendo's had a rich legacy of incredible yeah. designers and people working on those games and franchises that are not Miyamoto. So like even if Miyamoto retired, you'd be like, eh, I guess maybe I'd be really sad. But I, I would don't be think sad because he's Nintendo such a lovable guy. He's yeah. actually just like great for games in general. The industry. Like, yeah. he's such a positive, smiley, happy-go-lucky. He's what, like, if you wanted to talk to aliens about what video games are, I'd be like, just look at this guy. Talk to Miyamoto. Yeah, I mean, we did that just guy. lose, uh, we lost, um, uh, blanking on his name, the guy from Rockstar. Yes, we yeah. did a story about this. Yeah. We, uh, the we, GTA guy. We lost him. Uh, Leslie Benzies. <laughs> That's there it. we go. That's it. If we, if we also lost the Hauser brother, we didn't like lose him. Like he's he's still around. Well, he, he, he didn't die. Is that whole legal case? Yeah, was, no, he yeah, didn't die. Was, he yeah. didn't die. No, it does sound a little. Bit we made it sound like we lost. He well, we a, gamers <laughs> lost him from Grand Theft Auto. Let's put he it went on way. like a really long holiday and then uh, didn't uh, get his yeah. job back. Or and then something. there was a big lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. whole thing. But yeah, I guess There's a Don the, Draper thing going on. If there. the Hausers also left, I'd be like, oh man, GTA. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else might be in a situation like that. I don't really know. Maybe Yamauchi with uh, Gran Turismo. Mm. If you're yeah. if you're a PlayStation racing fan, it's integral enough. Uh, yeah, it's Tabata San with Final Fantasy, maybe. So, and, you know, I don't know how Isn't much he... Tabata does now, though. If how about if uh, if Kamiya left Platinum? Platinum. Yeah, like, that yeah. might be a big yeah. one. Yeah, that would definitely be an issue. Interesting. I mean, it's we're... really hard, especially like with the way that Western companies work. You know, our dev teams are so big. Maybe I, like someone like Amy Hennig, like if yeah. she were leaving a project. Well, she, will, she left Naughty Dog, and yeah. then, I mean Uncharted Four turned out great. Mm-hmm. Right, but she still worked on that game. Uh, well, yeah, I guess she did. She did. Wasn't there like that's, a controversy that's true. That's about that? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Who knows when? I mean, she's a writer first, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, like that's, that's actually a really good point. Potentially, like, I was, like, that if game she was... left the project she was working on, but she effectively did. I, I feel like she probably we don't know exactly what happened, but and how much of her work was left? Yeah. Yeah. I end. was gonna say like I I have a sense that like probably I think a lot of, of her work was done yeah. before. Quite possibly. That. I would think so. I mean, I would, I'm just guessing. I have yeah, no idea totally really. Uh, um, I would Jason Jones at Bungie. If Jason oh, Jones yeah. left Bungie, I'd be like, uh oh, yeah, that's not good. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough question. I think Todd Howard would definitely be the biggest one. Yeah, he's he is the biggest one that yeah. comes to mind for me, for sure. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> did you, Sean? Did you? Well, actually, did either of you? Because I did, did. Who played the Titanfall Two tech test either weekend? I did. I played. Put about talk to me. Maybe fifteen hours into it. That's a, that's over, a lot. Over over two weekends. Yeah. What'd you think of it? Um. Uh, it's I'm like over hot, now. But I'm like hot and cold on it. Like, there's. It's fun. I had a lot of fun playing it. The movement is cool. Like, it's. It reminds me of what Titanfall 1 was in its speed and its precise gameplay. Uh, it's slowed down a little bit, though, so that it can be a little bit more manageable, like the movement and stuff. Uh, and I liked it, but I don't know if I liked it enough to displace some of the games that I know I'm going to be playing this fall. Okay. Like, I'm really excited for Rise of Iron. Yep. And that's going to be huge for me. I'm still playing lots and lots of Halo. Yep. And then as we get into you know, the big review season and holiday season where there's a lot of great single-player games coming out. I just don't know if it really has enough there to pull me back That's in. That's fair. You know? But otherwise, like, if you liked the first Titanfall, if you're really into Call of Duty, like, these are... That's going to be a game that feels very natural, but like yeah. an extension of kind of what the DNA of those games is about. I have a bunch of friends who I play with on Xbox uh, who were, like, super mad hardcore into the first three Modern Warfares. And... uh they're just really into Call of Duty. They had so much fun with Titanfall, and I think they're all just going to like get really hardcore into it. I mean, it's going to be for some people out there. I just don't know. I actually have this opinion that I think the, the tech test might have hurt Titanfall 2's case. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I see where you're coming from because I only spent a little bit of time with it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it at E3. Mm-hmm. You know, I did our, our big preview out of E3. But playing the tech test, I didn't... I, there was something about the bounty <clears throat> mode I didn't like. Oh, I hated and that I mode. And I think it was just be it just felt not enough titans. Yep. And it just felt like it took too long and it just didn't feel like there was enough action. I just felt like I would do something and then I'd be like running to the bank. Yep. I don't know. There was some, I, I, that mode did not rub me the right way. I agree. It didn't rub me the right way either. Granted, I thought a lot about it and I thought like what I don't like about it might be addressed uh when you play with people who know what they're doing or you play with a team because that's part of the kind of like difficulty of that mode is like you have to so it's wave based right you kill enemies kill AI kill titans in order to gain monetary value like money and then you deposit that money into the bank and that's how you score your money is your score and every time you die or fail to achieve an objective you lose money right so you don't want to do that uh What's but score? what happens is like the wave ends and people go to try to <laughs> deposit their money and good teammates or good you know opponents will camp your bank so mm-hmm. you can't deposit your money and then that's how you de- you kind of defeat them by obscuring their score like by making it difficult for them to score right basically and so in a pub when everyone's kind of just doing bank whatever walking. they want and not really talking to each other like that's difficult to coordinate and it's frustrating to fight against if they do yeah. it but i don't know i mean it was fun like i had a lot of fun and the grappling hook is awesome and the movement feels pretty good and stuff like it's like jumping into a titan and like 
wreaking havoc on another titan and like oh and that's the other thing i really like is now there's this variation of titans yes. like um i was using the ion one mostly the one that has like an ion cannon but her yeah. and i call her her because her voice is well, in the female, game does which too. is cool yeah uh she has this laser core which is like essentially a channeled ability that does huge amount of damage in a straight like line Cyclops out of your chest <laughs> yeah exactly for like four man. seconds yeah it's so cool and it does so much damage like I love the Titan aspect of that, but like, yeah, it, you only really got a lot of Titans in the bounty hunt mode, and then they introduced Hardpoint, which is basically domination or control if you play Destiny, and that made it a lot better. Uh, and then they have the pilot versus pilot mode, which is eight v eight, which is it's cool, but it's just Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, right. I play Titanfall so that I can jump in a Titan and wreck people, and you know, it, I don't know. I think like. I get why they would do a tech test, right? They want to make sure that the game can run it and the servers are ready and all this other stuff. But, like, in a marketing sense, I think it might have actually diminished people's interest because it didn't quite live up to my expectations, and I can't be the only one out there. Um, I know Miranda and Max, who have the people that I heard the most about it from, really both really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I guess people might be split on it. But. Yeah, no, I, I definitely saw some of those kind of – some mixed reactions on mm-hmm. my feeds of people that were kind of, you know, a little a little mixed on yeah. on the tech test, the content of the tech test itself. And that's the thing is, like, I think if we remember that this is a tech test and that there's a lot more to come. Yeah, it's very yeah. clearly labeled, you know. It's, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not representative. Like, they didn't even call it a beta yeah. or no. an alpha. yeah. I, yeah. like I think the official I think the official wording was pre-alpha tech test. But the wow. the the thing I mean I reviewed Titanfall one and I loved it and I'm excited super excited about this one. <clears throat> but I'm actually as as much as I loved the first one, which is obviously multiplayer only. I'm most interested oh, in the for single sure. player campaign. Yep. Sure. The whole time is, I've been thinking that because this is Vince and uh, the the core team. That made the first the modern, you know, Call of Duty one, two, and four, which were, you know, had some of the, the I mean, best four ones, in particular yeah. was, you know, one of the best single player uh, first person shooter campaigns in ever. the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I would and, say almost ever. And this is their first campaign since Modern Warfare 2. I actually didn't like Modern Warfare 2's campaign. Oh, I did. There's much. great I mean, moments. It was, it was fine, but it, it was a. It's not quite as good. It's a pretty far drop from Modern Warfare One for me, but uh, yeah. So this is their first campaign in like when was Modern Warfare Two? Two thousand seven, something. No, like that? that was mo- so that would have been it would have been oh nine because ah. it was every other. So their Man. first their first campaign in seven years. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I am too. And the single player trailer that they dropped at E3 like real looks good. really cool, and yeah. it looks like you have this great rapport with your Titan, which sounds awesome to me. Anytime there's a Robo buddy in your well, campaign, and, and, and like, I like love the, it. the tone of it. It just seems like it's not just a multiplayer, all the exact multiplayer look, feel, and tone with some cutscenes bolted onto it. Like it, it seems to have a very different. Look, feel, and tone than yeah. than the multiplayer. I think they game wanted does. to kind of have a heart, and yeah, yeah, I mean, no matter how bad the, like, even if I hated the tech test, I would still want that game for the single player. Yeah, and that's the thing totally. is, I'll probably still try and get it for the single player because I'm very interested in what that team does based on their pedigree with prior campaigns. Uh, and I'll probably give the multiplayer a shot going forward, but it's just like um, based on what I saw in the tech test, it didn't quite do what I thought it needed to do to get me personally yeah. Especially over. Especially if you're playing Halo and Destiny. That's like, the thing. You know, is like, it's still time. Yeah. You make a good point, though, in that like this Titanfall 2, so you know it has 
it has a good multiplayer reputation already mm-hmm. from from 2013, the first game. But yeah, just this holiday, it's got uh, EA's own Battlefield. Uh, Battlefield one. One. I was going to say five. I'm like that's not right. Mm-hmm. It's got Battlefield one to con- to contend with as far as cause yeah. There's guys like you. There's only so many multiplayer games you can spend time on. Yeah, totally. It's, and so you got Battlefield one. Gears Four. Yep. Uh, you have Destiny: Call, Rise of Iron. Destiny, Call, Call of Duty, Duty. Uh, which is you know kind of what a, is that one? Infinite Infinite Warfare. Warfare. Yeah. From the you know the, a lot of the Naughty Dog ex ex Naughty Dog people that yep. came over there, um, and I feel like I'm leaving off one or two, yeah. even one or two other major shooters too. So you know that's not to say anything of you know Watch Dogs Two has a mm-hmm. lot of you know like co op and multiplayer stuff in it, and uh, yeah, just so. It's good. There's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. That's or, the thing. Is like it just needs to, and I think it'll do pretty well because it's going to be multi-platform this time, which means like yeah. it'll just already have, which is great. Yeah, and which it is great, and I think it's good that more people can experience this game because I think it's a good game. But it's just I don't know if it, it needs to do a little bit more to pull me away from the two games that I play like competitively already. That's all. Yeah. That said, like I liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff in there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's. It's just they're too talented of a development team, I think, to to have failed to fail in the end. But we'll see. I mean, that's you, that's what the final review is for. But yeah, um, yeah so it was cool that the tech test ran over two weekends at least. Yeah, you got, and it you was got a couple modes chances. on the different weekends, right? They yeah, added like a third map and third <clears throat> mode. Yeah, on that's the, cool. The second mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to what little mostly useless news there is this mm-hmm. week. I'll note that uh, you guys are taking over the show next week. I am going to be in New York for the PlayStation meeting, mm-hmm. which I'm Ooh. very excited. You know, we're expecting probably to, I don't know about literally see, see what, the Neo, yeah, but, but hear what it is at least. Have it announced kind of the Neo. announced and detailed. So um, very curious to, I just love hardware. Is that, that's Wednesday, isn't it? It is Wednesday, but I, I leave Tuesday, and I'm not back till end of day Thursday. So mm-hmm. I just will not be available for the show. So... Don't run it too far off the rails. We're going to kill you again. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Hey, people loved that <laughs> in memoria. Uh, it was, Did you see that? was really great. The editing was, yeah, funny. It was, it was yeah. really fun. Yeah. So, all right. Then let's... Oh, and then Marty's already at PAX, which is why he's not here now. He's already left. And you are heading up yeah. as well. Yeah, so Sean. Yep, um, I'll be there as well. Too. I didn't yeah. know Marty and I mm-hmm. have two panels. If you look it up on the PAX West app, just search my name or Marty's name. Uh, I think... The first one is Beyond, which is 11 on Saturday, and the second one is Nintendo 64, which is, I think is 10.30 on Sunday, but I'm not sure of that. Um, they are on the app. If you want to come so say hi, you should totally the, do that. The big thing I want you guys to talk about this week, the, the one thing I would ask that you cover for sure, we'll have coverage on IGN, but uh, Horde, mode? Horde Mode for Gears 3. It's going to be playable there. Make sure, yeah, spend some time on next week's podcast that is without the only impo- talking about The me. only appointment that I made at PAX West is Horde Mode. Yeah. That's it. Strong call. Yep. It's a good decision on your part. Uh, yeah, in fact, our Gears of War coverage is uh, is, is wound down now. We yeah. we did a month of it, and I am I'm more excited about Gears Four than when we started. Oh yeah, totally. At the beginning of the month, like we, we the DBs look cool. Yeah. Uh, the map, a couple of really good maps. I really liked Reclaimed. Of the three maps we revealed, Reclaimed was the one I I uh, liked the most. I, I like the the drill one, the one the moving one. I have to. I'd have to. Look at the names I don't again. Know what it's called, um, but yeah, we revealed three maps. It might be called Lift. DBs. Oh, Lift. That's mm. right. You got it. 
Uh, thank you for jogging my memory. No worries. Anytime. I'm old. So I can't. I can't recall this stuff easily. You're becoming senile. I know it's <laughs> over. Uh, so yeah, if you missed any of our Gears of War four coverage this month, uh, I believe it's if you go to go.ign.com slash Gears of War four. I think that should be the link that takes you to a nice wrap up of everything we did. Mm. All right, we'll come right back right after this and get to this week's news. What little is there is of it. Okay, news time. There's not really much to cover. Uh, Forza 3, Horizon 3, that is, is gone gold, which is excellent news. It is out the 20-something, whatever Ralph said last week in the interview. Which, by the way, if you didn't listen to last week's show, uh, normally I don't care if you listen, but please listen to last <laughs> week's. Because uh, the, the interview with Ralph turned out really well. I yeah. think he was just a, he's a really cool guy to talk yeah, to. Yeah, he is really cool. He, uh, is this the guy we met briefly at the preview event? Yes. That guy? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah you, you met him. Yeah, yeah. Presentation. yeah. Cool. yeah he's the, he's he's the a creative cool director on, on Forza Horizon at Playground. And just, yeah, a really smart dude that just gets it. It's fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. So the game is gold. And, Mr. Finnegan, yeah. we're going to get you sucked into Horizon 3 because <clears throat> the Warthog from Halo is yeah. a playable vehicle you can drive it around the australian outback i love this so warthogs in the Aust- there probably are real warthogs in the australian outback i'm guessing right i don't think so no well there are now african animal i don't know vehicular but, form. but anyway that is super cool i mean i look i looked at the image and i was like i mean i we did we talk about it? we played this that we played it at the preview event? oh what fine yeah whatever but there's a we have preview coverage coming soon I mean, Maybe we he, that part out. he wasn't in town for his health, right? He was yeah. here for a preview effect. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, this is a really good way. The, the model looks really cool. Like the, It looks yeah. just like the Warthog down yeah. to the details. I wonder if it controls the same way because Warthogs are like notoriously difficult to drive. Yeah, they are really. really it's gotten a lot better. If you go back and play like the early games, like 1 and oh my 2, God. Yeah, it's Halo impossible it's, to drive. It, they're, they're, but I kind of liked the wildness of it. Yeah, but it was too wild. It's also playing any other game that has vehicles compared to the way Halo vehicles oh, control yeah. it's just like wait wait what yeah so the it's a civilian model warthog huh. there's no gun turret there's no chain gun on the back of it that it's would a, be so cool though yeah just blow people up that's a different yeah. game uh that's a very different game. so it's a civilian that's twisted metal <laughs> 2554 amg transport dynamics m12s warthog cst that is the official model designation Alrighty then and it's got a 700, because this is a racing game now. We need to talk about its driving specs. 720 horsepower twin turbo V8. It's much faster than its military counterpart. And it apparently, now this is, this is an interesting Forza Horizon game detail. The Warthog apparently has the most advanced suspension in the entire game, plus advanced dampening for extra stability, which we've played Horizon 3 at, at yeah. E3 and since. And, you know, there are those off-road... Buggies. Buggy parts that were, you know, you need a good suspension yeah. to, to get through there. There's also like a lot car. of big drumps and like rocky big terrain. Big jump, big drumps. <laughs> drops and jumps. Again? Yeah, drops and jumps. And uh, <laughs> those like buggy cars like go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Warthog can be one of the those. Warthog will be superior. And here's uh, the best news of all. Again, uh, I don't know if 343 deserves the credit for this or just Microsoft in general, but. Fan service on Halo continues to do well, even extending out to this, because 
this Warthog in Forza Horizon 3 is free if you've played Master Chief Collection or Halo 5 on your account. That's so awesome. So see that it's there, and then you'll get you'll get a free download of the Warthog for Horizon Synergy 3. Yeah. is what they call it in the business world. Absolutely. <clears throat> Uh, next up is a uh, gentleman I've met a number of times, really nice guy, Ian Milhelm. You might not know his name, but he was at Visceral Games. You mm-hmm. mentioned Dead Space. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was between off-air or on-air. But, no, I totally mentioned uh, Dead Space. I thought it was, no, I was totally... Yeah. Sorry. Regarding We're microtransactions. Here. Thank you. All right. There we go. Over. I'll so take the credit for it. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, Dead Space. <laughs> yes. And Ian Mel- uh, Milhelm was the art director on Dead Space. Then he became... The single-player campaign lead on Battlefield Hardline, which Visceral did. That was their last game. Not great. Not great, but uh, he is now, he's moved over. He's moved two exits down the freeway here in uh, the Bay Area, down the 101, to Crystal Dynamics, where he is the new game director on Tomb Raider. That's pretty cool. Because you remember the the director on Tomb Raider left sort of after the game had, uh, Rise had shipped late last year. He says, quote, adventure games have always been my first love, and he's referring to action-adventure games. <clears throat> when the opportunity came to join Crystal Dynamics, I had to jump on it. This is the home of Lara Croft, who is a legend in action-adventure gaming and a pillar of the industry. I've admired Crystal's work for a while now as they continue to, li- continue to deliver top-notch narrative and spectacle, coupled with deep systems and player choice. You know, he's not, he's not even, normally those kind of statements are horribly hyperbolic and dumb, but that's a perfect description of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, totally. He it says, also sounds very genuine. I'm very excited about where the studio is headed. Is headed. Boy, I can't read today. And I'm eager to be a part of it. So congratulations to Ian. That's a, I think that's a great hire on both sides. And, uh, yeah, they really are. It's funny. If you're, if you're going down the 101 here, uh, if you're heading south out of San Francisco, you get to Redwood City, and you've got one exit, there's the EA, like the just sprawling massive EA, EA campus. campus. It's just past the Oracle campus, mm-hmm. just south of the Oracle campus. Uh, and then, like, there's... There's uh, a Sony campus down there too, right? It's Foster City. San Mateo. Uh, oh. San Mateo now. They moved? Yes. Oh. They did. Yeah, they're, but it's, it's like on the border of San Mateo, Foster and City. And Foster City is close to San Mateo, yeah. Yeah, right where the, the 92... It's like you at the 101 and 92 is right I went to that EA campus last S- weekend, Sony actually, is. just for fun. I'm just walking around because it's so nice. It is. They have, like, it's talks. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Like, God. Yeah, it's, it's a big corporate several campus. Several restaurants and gyms. It's <clears> like, is man. Crystal Dynamics still in the same place? So, yeah. It's Chris like a jetty. It's it, like a swamp. It, Not in a bad way. No, it's just kind of are, close to the water. It's, it's yeah. this giant new office park that they're in one building of in the middle of the bay. Yeah. The, of, the, of, like, the but the... But not the Bay Bay. It's That's like what I was going to say. It's like a jetty. Like it kind of, this stretch of land that kind of comes out into the bay. Yeah. And so it's a little wet and stuff. But, but it's, it's like, like, but I'm saying it's not, if you look out the window, it's not like the glorious water sailboats. It's like the kind of the, the inward edge like the end of the bay where it's just kind of gross. Yeah, that's why I said it's kind of like a swamp. <laughs> like, I've been there before, and I was like, this is a really interesting road I'm driving along. Yeah, and there's, a, there's like, a quarry on the way. So I was every time I go there, like, the roads are filthy and with rocks. And I'm like, I care about my cars. Mm. If I had to come out here every day, i got to figure their employees probably have just, like, rock chips, and their cars are all effed up from... Gotta get those cobras. Yeah, nope. Well, what? What's up, 1987? <laughs> we'll still use them. What is a car bra? The black, like, leather. Oh, that covers the, the, like, hood of the car on the front? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the front nose. Colors. 
Well, you can get them in uh, the just the clear film too. I actually, yeah. I have that on mine. Yeah, yeah it helps. Hmm. But anyway, I've literally never heard it called called that. Cl- uh, well, yeah, the clear ones now are called just called like film or clear bra. Or, yeah. But yeah, I know what you're you're talking about the like. Right on the front of your Camaro, mm-hmm. that nice whole full black leather cap that yep. goes on the front of it. <clears throat> so they walk, uh, man. They smell, <laughs> yeah, get get the job done. <laughs> so uh, yeah, new new director on Tomb Raider, and boy, Tomb Raider was so good. I can't yeah. believe. I'm so glad that it's PS4 people are going to get to play it. Yeah, uh, this it is this amazing, fall. and especially after you know Uncharted's done. Like, the, hopefully nobody's going to. Resolve, uh, resort to the fanboy crap with oh, that of game. Of course like, they will. But it's aren't they're hopefully they're far enough apart where people just all right. You enjoyed to- yeah. Uncharted. Enjoy it was them great. separately now. Yeah, now enjoy Tomb Raider. Yeah, I mean the fervor over that seems to have died down mostly, right? Like when it first so. announced yeah, it, they were all like, down. "It's just Uncharted," but it's been well. two games now. Like. Are people still really whining about that? I also don't think that you can say that Tomb Raider is just Uncharted. When, <laughs> when Uncharted is Tomb Raider, yeah. yeah. That's like another funny well, point that people bring up. You know, out. one other interesting point about Tomb Raider, you know, we were talking earlier about who's the, you know, who's the most, who's the mvp MVP on any development team. We were talking about Todd Howard. Oh. And we're talking, oh, we but, didn't even bring up, what were you about to no, say? what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, uh... The game directors of like The Last of Us and Uncharted. What are those guys' names? Oh, again? Uh, Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann. There you go. Yeah, they would definitely be on the list. Yeah. But the thing I was going to say is, most people don't even realize the the youngins out there. I'm not necessarily going to include you in this, but we'll see. <laughs> is uh, Tomb Raider was this major franchise when it launched? It was huge. You know, there was the the Angelina Jolie movie that came out of it. Now there's of course a new Two movie. movies. The, hmm. Right. That's right. But Tomb Raider changed development hands. It went from the original people at Core Design to it's uh, three times, hasn't it? Just no, just once. Oh. Went from Core Design, the original people who were British, to Crystal Dynamics took it over when uh, it started to kind of falter in Core's hands. And now it's like they've done such an incredible job. Yeah. That with the series, and not just not even just the last two, the reboots. They were doing a really good job when they when they first took it over too. But like, man, has there has there ever been a, another franchise that's changed hands and actually gotten bigger? Oh. I mean, like three four three's done a great job. Fallout. I, I think they've done a great. Todd That's Howard. We were talking about That's Todd Howard. One. That is a great one. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he say? I mean, the first two Fallout's are good. Well, but they are totally different than what Fallout totally, Three yeah, became yeah, under Todd Howard. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, they <clears> are totally different games, and I mean, and no, just Black Isle Studios is one of the most revered oh, role totally. playing studios in, yeah, in history. Wasteland Two was my game of the year. The other yeah. Out. There you go. But but yeah, you're right. Fallout would probably be the other yeah. the other good one on the list. That's where it's changed hands and actually become even more successful than it yeah. ever was. They've done an incredible thing with Tomb Raider over there. I mean, like, they're, launch- they're relaunching the movie franchise that shows you how big the games are. And supposedly, according to Alicia Vikander, who's been cast, yeah. uh, the games serve as, like, the core inspiration and theme and tone of what the movies are going to be like. So basically what they're making is those games. No, I mean, the they're movie. a lot like movies anyway, so that's true. It totally works. I buy it. What right. do we think of Alicia Vikander as... I don't know her. Uh, she Deus Ex 
Sorry, Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. She's uh, that girl. I saw that and love that movie. Wait, yeah. she was the the android. The android. Yeah. yeah. Okay, she was really good in that. She's great in that. Yeah. And then she had uh, she was in The Man from Uncle, which was the Guy Ritchie sort of. I know it's uh, Superman's in that. Yeah, Henry I ha- Cavill, I seen it. Army Hammer. It's pretty good. I know. It, well, it didn't review or didn't do very well. It's mixed. Right? Yeah, but. it's not. It's not a classic Guy Ritchie movie, but it's still pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a spy thriller. Okay. And then her big one that she got an Oscar for was as a supporting role in The, the Dunish Girl. That is that the right. one I, where the guy, I don't where know. Eddie Redmayne is like, he's a man and then he's he's transgender and then he becomes a woman and they're still in love? I think that's oh, the I'm one not she's familiar in. With that. I think she won an Oscar, or she won an Oscar for it, I think. Or she won an Oscar recently. I think it was for that movie. <laughs> and so now she's like on the huge, like, she's huge in Hollywood right now. I think she's going to be great. She needs a big, like, she has her indie cred. She has her Oscars. Now you go for the, now the, you go for the, the big franchise that's yeah. going to pay the bills for the rest of your life yep. and your families for generations Absolutely. to come. Yeah. yeah, I think she'll be great. She's mm-hmm. really cool. Awesome. A lot of people wanted uh, Daisy Ridley, but I feel like... She I could have been great, know. too. She's too lithe. You know what I mean? Like, I think of... Yeah, what do you mean? Like, lithe. She's too lithe. Like... But she's a... Lara is a is an she's physical by no like she's strong and built and like she's like she has a more I I think Lara Croft's in my head the the character of Lara Croft has a much bigger physical pre- presence than in my head Daisy Ridley is hmm. like I think Daisy Ridley would have to be like six I, inches I, taller okay I mean, that's what I was gonna say I was gonna say Tom do you Cruise, think she's right? not they manage that with Tom Cruise he's a tiny man they make oh but that's big. yeah that's a little different though because he's still like ripped and he's she could do that. Yeah, but to a point, right? You're just saying she's. You think she, Daisy Ridley would be a little too physically diminutive? Yeah, to, like she's to, she's too like she's too small and agile. Where I think of Lara Croft as being agile but like, strong, right? More of a um, she's a rock like climber. A, um, like she's you know she's like she. Right. I imagine her having like really really defined shoulders and but arms she and stuff. In Who? the games. She no, I know, but I'm, I'm like skinny arms. It's like none of this makes any sense at all. Like who's? Uh, but if you look, but in the game, she's also still very physical. Like she, again, I just she does stuff. But who's yeah. who's Lana? Uh, Lana from Archer that hosts the Ubisoft conference. Lana. Yeah. What's uh, her name again? God, I'm so terrible that uh, I can't la- remember. Lady this. Boner. That I know who you're talking about, and what, I feel like a real that, bad. You're talking about her kind of her kind of physical. Yeah, like that. For, that's like someone who could be Lara Croft. Yeah, like if she if. Daisy Ridley was six inches taller. She's an amazing, she's an amazing comic, too. And I, yeah, I'm she's, completely she's blanking she's on her excellent. name. Her stand-up is she's incredible. She's also a huge gamer. She is. She loves Gears of War. My she God. We're all just like... Oh. It's really terrible the that I can't remember just this. Like, I hate all three of you right now so much. Sean's going to bail us out on she, uh, Yeah, she's... I think, like... Played Gears of War competitively for a bit, or, or maybe it was just like hosting. I can. I've literally. I'm looking. Gears. I'm seeing her face. Me too. In my head, and I'm blanking on her name, and I feel terrible about it. Why is this taking so long? But anyway, like, because I don't know how to what to Google because I don't know her name. <laughs> she's not British, but she could be. She could be a cool Lara Croft. Hey, she has a podcast. Lana in Acha. Oh, there you go. That's an easier way to do it. No, no, Siri, no, no. That's not what I want. Who plays Lana? No, nope, I'm just going to Google Archer cast, and this will. There you go. Okay, searching the iTunes store for Archer. Nope, you're this terrible. Aisha Tyler. 
Boom! I was, it only took us five minutes. <laughs> yes. Oh, damn it. We know how to Google. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I just mean like... Uh, I know what you're talking Daisy about. Daisy Ridley's plenty physical. I just think she's too small. Like, some people are too small, right? It would I be like, like that's unfib. Just it would be I like think... me playing He-Man in the new He-Man film but that I they're mean, doing. They make like, men look really work. big. You know, Bane. Like, Tom Hardy's pretty small. They made him look huge. No, but he's he, so small and short aren't the same thing. He's like five seven so or she five would eight. Just get but he's, guys yeah, but, do that. Yeah, but it's way easier for guys to get that big than it is for women to get that big. You want Lara Croft to be Tom Hardy big? No, 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 no. I just don't want her to be. I don't think that women can get big. I'm not saying she can't get big. I'm not saying she can't get big. What I'm saying is that you'd rather have someone who is has a fig, has a bigger frame and can still be. Thin and attractive because that's important for the franchise as a movie maker. It's really dumb, I, I but it like is. She could do that. I think she's too small. Like I think her frame isn't big enough. I mean, truth be told, Alicia Vikander is not that much bigger. She can lift like eighty kilos. Who? Uh, Daisy Ridley. Oh, I'm sure she's getting super fit for this next she movie is too. Very strong. Because mm-hmm. uh, she posts about it on her Instagram. <laughs> she was carrying Mark Hamill around there for a little bit too. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, they're both uh, Daisy Ridley and and Alicia Vikander are both. British. Very young, right? So they can oh, they yeah. could both be Lara Croft for a you know ten year yeah, run of films cool. easily, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's not even le- maybe it's less about like her physicality and even more about like her on screen presence. Like if you watched like Alicia Vikander has this like huge gravitas that I'm not 100 percent convinced Daisy Ridley has yet because the only thing we've, we've seen, her, seen in her in is Star Wars. Wars and. Anyone has gravitas in Star Wars because Star Wars has gravitas, you know? I don't know about that. I, she was clearly the like probably the highlight of Star Wars. Yeah, I hope She was the was standout really performance in Star Wars. Mm, I don't want to get into it, but I kind of <laughs> disagree. Like, she's great, no doubt. I was way more interested in Finn as a character, and I thought he was like more. I mean, I don't dis- I, you know, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> disagree with you in the sense. I mean, he well, no, 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 great totally. Too. I mean, everyone's great. The movie's great. Like, but it, and it comes. It's so subjective when you great, talk about. Everyone's great. Let's move on. <laughs> it's it's so subjective when you're talking about who you think might make for a good character. Right? Yeah, I guess it's it's probably the cosplayer in me that I always want to rule out a body type as <clears> a problem. <throat> like always, you know, people would be like, I can't cosplay that character because my body type's not right. It's like doesn't matter. Like that's not the point. So it's like I always want to rule that out. And then it's like sometimes women are held held to like this pedigree of like you have to look this way, but guys don't, and that sucks. <laughs> Uh, so that's, you're probably that's right. That's probably where that's coming from. I'd argue like, that like casting, casting for movies is different I than totally cosplay. Get that. But yeah, and it's also yeah, like through oh, you're, a lot. You're right, I agree with you. It's, yeah. I mean, Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. Yeah, Mister Mom was, ca- and it and it worked. Yeah, he was and it great. Great. Yeah, I mean, I there's no doubt in my mind that Daisy Ridley couldn't channel Lara's tone and emotion as a character, but when it comes to the action scenes, if she's rock climbing, swinging around axes and, you know, punching dudes' heads off and stuff. I don't quite I Lara, know. You playing? Oh, well, you know what I'm man. saying. Like, whatever these action scenes Fatality. end up being, <laughs> I, I don't know that I could quite buy it. Yeah, You'd have to show me. What you, that's the thing. is like, I put on my producer hat and I'm like, okay, you tell me it can be done. Let's do a screen test and Sean's show gonna, me that Sean's it works. I'm going to audition for the, some, we'll get some, Daisy really uh, over here. Yeah. some actresses for the role. Daisy Ridley, if you want to come screen test for Sean Finnegan <laughs> for the role that I cannot give. You have absolutely no power. <laughs> you are totally welcome to do it. we got a little green screen in the studio. I'm going to get you some, to punch dudes' heads off, yeah. uh, as Lara Croft does. <laughs> Actually, if we really could get her in here to and, and 
make a video about how we think Daisy Ridley could have been a better Tomb Raider than Oh man. Who that would get, that would do very well for IGN. Oh, for sure, dude. Well, anything with <laughs> if you bring Daisy Ridley in here, we could just sit her down. She doesn't even have to say anything that'll kill for IGN. But yeah, if we could ever do we awesome stuff. Just take photos of her really and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just hey, Daisy Ridley, come hang out. I'm sure you listen to this. <laughs> you seem like our, a very nice person. We'd love to our chat new, with you. Uh, our new assistant editor, <laughs> Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Ridley. Just, yeah, just, you know, she's going to review uh, <laughs> the next Lego Force Awakens game. That'd be great. Actually, that would be really great if yeah. she reviewed uh, a, a Star Wars game for us. We had to do like a skit one time, and they always get me to do any kind of British voice. So I've like I've been <laughs> close enough. I'm just waiting for someone to ask me to be Tracer at some point. <laughs> I want to do Tracer voices so bad. Like cavalry's here. Like, just because I can. Like, just, can we use that in a video at some point, please? At some point. The droid's not for sale. Put it on your, uh, your performance goal list for 2017. IGN, please, yeah. uh, please need a skit that has a trace of voice in it, because I would really like to do that. Uh, well, you can put on any voice you want now, Alana, for the Marketplace Report. What could we spend our money on this week? I'm not sure we should, but what could we Retail. spend Retail. Attack on Titan. I think Miranda's reviewing that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you're right. No idea what Not sure when that's the due. score is. Yeah. yeah. It's so, out though. Yeah, that's a thing that is out. Uh digital, we have Live Lock, which is twenty dollars one four oh. It's from the lead it's a puzzle it's a minimalist puzzle game mm-hmm. from the lead designer of Inside oh, in Limbo. Cool. So Interesting. that one might be worth paying attention yeah. to. It's uh, like a side project game for the that designer. I'm sorry I don't have the designer's name, but it's only eight dollars, so that's yeah. Cool. Uh, Resident Evil 4, which is $20. It's a great game. Uh, Mar- no? You don't like it? No, it's a great game. It's just, again, it's the Capcom oh, thing. Oh, the Capcom thing. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to go into <laughs> it point. again. We've talked about it a yeah. lot. Just buy it if you want. Side note. Don't if you don't. The show's gone run. I have to, uh, The show's gone long. I have to run. Is that cool? Am I gonna... uh, you want to... Here, uh, here. Let's... Uh, Do you want me... I'll give you an answer. It's oh. A. I choose A. The oh, first one. Okay. Whatever like that is. Sight unseen. I feel like huh? I'm going to win. I was going to actually read you. Th- or what is the question? Yeah, what is the question? Let me, Sorry. Let me just fold the answer. So okay. I'll wait for points. Yeah, I'll try and get a point. Here. Sean Finnegan needs every gonna, point he can get. We're not going to do it yet, but just read that and mark which one you think it is. Oh, here. Uh, Mahjong. This is the worst episode ever. Oh, God. There's no way I can know this. Just uh, take a shot, man. We're going to go with D. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark you. you down. Sorry. Bye, everyone. Uh, Get out. Miss you already. All right, what else can we spend our money Mahjong on? Mahjong for $10. I really like Mahjong. I've played like a lot of Mahjong in my life. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's classic. What are yeah, you going to do? It's great. Uh, binaries for $10. Hue for $12. The Turing Test for $20. So I really want to play the Turing Test. Marty's reviewing that. Yeah, and uh, the other scores around the internet. He must have put up his score already, but. I think it, so, yeah. It's gotten good reviews. It's also just, I love the Turing Test. I love what it is. So, it's uh, it's you know, a the- first person puzzle game in the portal vein. Yes. And it's. Uh, I played. Uh, whatever, however long the demo was, I think it was maybe 15, 20 minutes back at GDC, like yeah. a while ago. And right there, I was like, okay, this is totally my So is it game. based on the concept of like trying to figure out if an AI is human or not? I'm well? sure that factors into the story. I, so. I don't know what the story yeah. is from just the out-of-context slice I played yeah. that, that had no story presented in that part. Yeah. But yeah, It it's, looks really cool. It's, if you like Portal, this is probably one to, to yeah. keep an eye on. Uh, Armello, that's an Australian game. Woohoo. Shout out. Uh, that's $15. Obliteraces is $14, but has a free trial. Solo Shift to EX is $10, and Nightmares from the Deep 2, the Siren's Call, is $9. Where was Nightmares from the Deep 1? I missed that one. 
Yep. So I, I feel like sometimes, like with games like that, they just chuck a two on the end anyway. It's like no, you never know. You like, never know. It's not illegal. I'll do what I want. <laughs> uh, I do what I want. <laughs> Marketplace, the Battlefield One beta is open to all. I did not know that, and I'm now going to go play that. Uh, September Games is Gold. We have Earthlock Festival of Magic all month long, and Assassin's Creed Chronicles China from September 16 to October 15 on Xbox One, and Forza Horizon One from September 1 to 15. Yes, and Mirror's Edge from September 16 to 30 on Xbox 360. Play both of them. For goodness sakes, play them Please. both, especially Mirror's Edge One. Yeah, did you play Catalyst? I reviewed it. How was it? Uh, what did I give it? A low seven, I think. No, high six. Hmm. It's. There are definitely good core parts to it, but there, it has a lot of flaws. And it, at the end of the day, it was... I'm not sorry that it got made the way that I am, like, Dumb and Dumber 2 with Jim Carrey and Jeff yeah. Daniels, the sequel to my all-time favorite comedy. Sorry it got made. Yeah. Wish it had never been made. Yeah. But, yeah, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is fine, but the first game, I think, is... Much better. Just much stronger yeah. overall. Yeah, first game's great. It's like a puzzle game, effectively. Kinda. Yeah. Excellent. All right, uh... Hey, Live Lock and Earth Lock. Wait, what? <laughs> Those are two. Oh, yeah. Both out this week. Both Live out lock, there this lock. week. Go figure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll come right back and do the trivia question mm. for you right after this. All righty. Sean is, has left us, has just left. you and I. But R.I.P. We've died. got a trivia question that uh, comes to us from find this, Wyatt, whose gamer tag is Titanium Tomcat. He had uh, donated. Let's see, is this the gentleman that had donated? We missed someone last week, I think. Th- well, this was him. I mentioned him like that we were going to do yeah. his next week. So he had mailed us something to give away. I forget what it was, but it was super nice. And so. He also sent a trivia question, so mm-hmm. he deserves to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking his question. Plus, it's a good question anyway. Okay. This is not an easy one. Okay. I don't know how well you know your video game composers. There are a few big Ish. name ones out there. Jeremy Soule mm-hmm. is one of those well-known composers. He, uh, as, as uh, Wyatt notes here, Jeremy Soule's work is most well-known in the Elder Scrolls series. Mm-hmm. He scores the Elder Scrolls. We're talking a lot about Bethesda yeah. today. So, which of the following Xbox game soundtracks was not composed by Jeremy Soule? Which of these did he not do? Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Prey, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, or Dishonored? So that's uh, four pretty different games spanning a lot of years. He did three of those. So which of those did Jeremy Soule not score? I think Dishonored. And I'm saying that... Just because I remember reading an article about the person who composed Dishonored, and I don't think that it was him. Okay. You going to go with that? Yeah. All right. I'm actually pretty confident. You're going with that. Uh, Finnegan actually went with that as well, kind of on a whim. Mm. And I'll tell you, Destin... Oh, so it doesn't matter. Right, really, because we both were right. Destin's going to be real mad because he couldn't do the show today, and he was mad that we didn't do this last week because (laughs) like, people were gone last week, and he wanted the chance to get the point. So uh, he's going to be extra mad because both right? of you got it yes. right. Yeah, so well done. You both get a point. Let me find uh, the scoring Slowly to see how catching we're doing. Up. Yeah, I mean, it's a long year. There's still plenty of time to go. That's true. You are up to seven points. 
Marty's at 12, but uh, Marty not here this week. I guess he'll, he'll be back on the show next week, and then mm-hmm. the shark, poor shark, doesn't get to be on quite as often. He's got four points. Marty with 12, Destin with 10. Damn. You're at seven. All shark right. at four. Getting there. The, the ghost of Mitch has six points. Aw. Well, Mitchie D. Aw. All right. Yeah, I just want to beat Destin, you know? That's a noble yeah. goal. I'm fine with Marty beating me. That's okay. But yeah. as long as I beat Destin... Yeah. Then victory that, has I'll, been won. I'll set that. That's my, my <laughs> aim here. Beat Dustin. So, uh, Wyatt, thank you so much for your That's a good question. prize donation. Yes, for the good question. We will get you... I've got a bunch of games, actually. Uh, I can give you uh, a choice of what you might want to get a download code for. And if you want to participate and thus win an Xbox game, mm-hmm. send your Xbox-related trivia question. Please include four multiple-choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. And email it to unlocked at IGN. Dot com. All right, Alana. Uh, IGN Prime is an awesome way to support IGN, mm-hmm. and you, in return, you get a better IGN experience. It takes ads. Free off games of as well, right? Free games, yeah. occasional beta codes for things, mm-hmm. and yeah, most importantly, no ads before videos, no ads on the the mm-hmm. homepage. So that costs thirty bucks a year. If you're interested in that arrangement, yeah. you can go to ign.com/prime. We also, now, yeah, you and I, maybe, you know, this Friday might be a good time. Let's get some unlocked plays going. Yeah, totally. We've. Oh, no, I was actually thinking because last week we spoke about Tony's Pizza. Yes. We should do our first food review. Yes. Let's just go in and give the pizza scores individually. I'm. I will take any. That's a, the best idea. We'll do it I've with heard burgers. Today. We'll do it with pizza. Yeah. We'll do it with just like lots of San Francisco well, food. Yeah, what's so? Let's see here. I'm back next Friday. Yeah, we can pretty much whenever. Yeah, I feel like Fridays is a good day. We'll go eat some food and uh, talk about it. I like that. People liked it last week. We spoke about pizza and cheese that, for a super long time. Yeah, we did get... And I, I tell you... A lot of you, positive tweets about it. A lot of positive tweets. And, I'll, and you would not believe the number of tweets that I got that were... I listened to Unlocked, and then I immediately ordered pizza. Yeah. Like, apparently the mere mention of pizza, particularly mm, I want pizza. as we described it in, yeah. in our articulate... Uh, very enthusiastic way yeah was enough to get everyone else to order yep. pizza as they heard it yeah we did good so you're welcome local pizza establishments mm-hmm. that we caused help that a one spike time. in a spike in business very for spike briefly um <laughs> but yeah our youtube channel is youtube.com slash ign unlocked and we're planning to do a bunch of like weird cool stuff on there like reviewing pizza and burgers it'll be great because it's Why fun. not? Why not? Yeah. It's also exactly. relevant to the podcast because we talk about food a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's a weird for like our podcast is pretty much all skinny people, but we talk about That is it. true. We talk about food like yeah. a lot. Yeah. You'd think we'd never eat at all. Well, I have cheat days on Saturdays. So that's the day, you know, last Saturday was my cheat day, so I I went to this restaurant, I bought a burger and it was a bad burger. Mm. I cannot. So you like you felt you were probably mad about it. I right? waited all week. Yeah. to eat a burger, and then it sucked. It was bad. It was so. You want to throw them under like, the bus? I was where, legitimately angry. Where was this? I don't know the name of the place. It was just. It by, wasn't a uh, chain though. It was just like a local establishment. Yeah, it was, it was a restaurant. It was just by like Lake Merritt in Oakland. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was just this terrible burger that just had almost no flavor, and I was like, I wait every Saturday. I get a burger or I get pizza. Right. And I had this crappy burger. All right, so. Are you a big? You're a big burger fan. I then. love burgers. So yeah. we're gonna go back to In and Out, and we're mm-hmm. gonna do that, mm-hmm. and we're gonna try and 
I think Keep, Whataburger is probably one of my favorites. There's also this. They're uh, not here. No, they're only Texas. Arizona has it as right. well. I think kind of the south, southwest, south southwest. Yeah, yeah. I, Whataburger is really good. Yeah, I, I, I've, I haven't had it in so many years, but I don't remember loving because I lived in oh. Arizona for years. Hmm. But Whataburger was never big on my list. I guess but. my second would be Smashburger. Smash is good. I like Smashburger. Uh, what I was going to say was. When we have an excuse to do a like proper business lunch, we should. I want to take you to Marlowe down the street. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Marlowe? Oh, let's. It's seriously one of the. It's like been voted the best burger in San Francisco, oh, wow. and it's real good. Huh, like noted. it's super good. I did have a really really good like slider style burger at this one place in the Mission that uh, my dad and I went and got one each, and then ended up buying three more. Nice. It was very small, but they were just incredible burgers if i like go out and ask brian altano he'll know the place but it was just hmm. like the best burger i think i've ever had that's high praise yeah it was really good have you been to five guys yet no no so there is one it's we'd have to drive it's not which we do for in and out too but yeah five there is a there are a couple of five guys one of them is kind of close we'd have to take like a bit of a long lunch but <laughs> it's it's out there yeah. check so, it out yeah burger we, we have videos about it <laughs> It's it's for work, you guys. Exactly. Seriously, we can expense it. Now. It's fine. Okay, uh, so the shark. You can follow him at Shot by Finnegan. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll, tell me what you've been up to before I selfishly hog the spotlight. I mean, the biggest thing uh, that right now that I would want people to check out was the Gears in Five Minutes, which yes. should be up by the time you watch this. It took a really, really long time. It was a team effort. Like a lot of people had to put that together. And you watch those videos because I remember watching them before I came to IGN and being like, "Cool." But I didn't realize that it would be, like, two full weeks of work. Like, it was hot. Um, but super fun, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I recently published a really cool cosplay article about this absolutely amazing uh, Metal Gear cosplayer. So that you can check out on the site. And also I was on Up at Noon last week, uh, which was lots of fun. So there's tons of breakouts from that. Talking about lazy Pokemon and now favorite Dragon Ball characters nice. and stuff. So. And in all yeah. seriousness, yeah, you did an awesome job on the Gears of War in five minutes thing. Thank and. You. I genuinely encourage everybody to watch it because you're probably like me where maybe you haven't played the Gears games since they came out. Yeah, I mean, I know Ultimate, stuff. the Ultimate Edition for Xbox One came out, but, you know, there's two and three. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a great way to just brush up on what the hell happened. Yeah, so you're Because I forgot a lot of those little details. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, there was part of the reason that I think Gears of War 2 was dumb was because there was a total... Star Trek Borg Queen. Like, there was the Locust Queen, and I remember... She's in 3, too. How ridiculous... But she, they introduced her in 2. Like, she yeah. was, did not exist in Gears of War 1. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh, there's a queen! Like, oh, come on! Gears of War 1 was a really good stand. What, what, is this though. just Star Trek First Contact? Yeah, like, it is kind of dumb. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so... And an underground city. Like, the, the weirdest thing about writing that was that apparently they just don't, don't have any geologists on Sarah, because nobody figured out that the entire planet was just locust tunnels and that right. they had it was a, big a ant city farm. like just nobody knew like how did nobody figure that out but the, whoops it doesn't make any sense that they figured out that jacinto was on bedrock that couldn't be penetrated but they didn't figure out that everything else wasn't and had holes every it's so weird you're all real dumb hashtag sarah logic yep anyway yeah watch that video because it's just a it's a good way to brush up mm-hmm. even if you have played all three games which i certainly had and well you touched on judgment for like two seconds too yeah but, yeah, good way to catch up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. If you like the T-shirt I'm wearing, I made it. And you can find a link to buy one from me at uh, on my Twitter profile. 
And let's see, yeah, Gears of War wrapping up for IGN first. The next IGN first starts Tuesday after the yeah, Labor Day that's holiday. A, that's a cool one. It's one that I'm pretty sure nobody's going to expect. Definitely. It's a, it is a game that's already been announced, but yeah, you'll probably, probably be taken by surprise, but hopefully you'll like it. Um, it's The game looks really great. Obviously, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have chosen it yeah. <laughs> if I weren't excited about yeah. it, but yeah, curious to get that coverage started. And yeah, I'll be at the PlayStation event next week. Um, so I think maybe when, when I get back, we'll talk kind of if, talk about what Scorpio event might look like in the in the wake yeah. of however this thing goes. Yeah, or well, when we think that they would do that. Or, right. Yeah. So uh, hope you have fun without me on the show next week. Uh, yes, Ryan is going to die again. Again. Sean died earlier in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he, like, threw himself out. Yeah, he did. I didn't even throw him out. He threw he didn't himself even have to. out. Yeah. All right. For the dearly departed mm-hmm. Sean the Shark Finnegan and the fantastic Alana Pierce, mm-hmm. my name's Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked episode, my goodness, 261. Uh, we will be back. They'll be back. Yes. While I'm in New York next week. Bye. Bye. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin martha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.